powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. How you doing, Oilers fans? Thanks for being here on another game over Edmonton, where the Oilers beat the Flames. Even though it was a one-sided tilt from what was on the ice, the Oilers get it done. And that's how you know the Oilers are a good team. Doesn't matter if you're being outplayed. Teams have bad nights, but guess what? They win anyway. And this is one such win. Hey everyone, my name is Dennis Lee, host on SDPN's Game Over Edmonton. You can follow me on Twitter at Dennis Lee Y-E-G. Uh, a little bit of silence in the beginning of the broadcast. If you're listening to the Spotify version, the Apple Podcast version, did a little click-clack dance. Uh, just because it's so rare that we get to have games like this one where the Oilers got bailed out by their goalie. Skinner absolutely stole this game from the Calgary Flames. Final shot totals, 47 for Calgary, 22 for Edmonton. But the end result is a 2-1 victory for the Edmonton Oilers. Hey, uh, I know you guys can't see me on the audio version. I can. You guys can see me live on the YouTube version. During the last Calgary broadcast, where we had a triple broadcast with Avery, Zach, and myself, I did a little bit of a costume change. I became the budget Avery. Today, guys, I'm the budget Zach. <laughs> Hope you guys uh, like the show so far. We're, uh, we're going to do a little bit more about the actual guts of the game. But first, a little message from our sponsor, Sports Interaction. Think you know? What way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Hello everyone in chat, MGD, good to see ya. Dark Fighters, Kato, Wise Kyle, Hater McDater. Hope you guys all had a fantastic Christmas break. Uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Today we're celebrating an Oilers dub. And again, this was a big one. Going into this game, the Oilers... Had some pretty ugly performances. I mean, great performance against Dallas. Not so good against Vancouver. And of course, I've said it on the last broadcast, absolutely impossible for a team to drop a game against the Anaheim Ducks in the way that they did. But tonight they bounced back, claimed that wild card position back from the Calgary Flames, putting us in a playoff position. Games like this are huge, especially in this Pacific division. Because looking at the standings, everyone, five teams or so, are within 
two or three points of making the playoffs. So this was a game the Oilers had to win. And they came in and showed that they had the wherewithal to do it. The funny thing is, even though that the Calgary Flames were in a playoff position heading into this game, Edmonton actually had more wins. Edmonton's wins going into this game were 18, 15, and 2. Calgary's were 16, 12, and 7. And those things matter, just like this head-to-head. Uh, there was a fantastic post on Twitter uh, from Flames Nation. Yes, I follow people who aren't Oilers fans necessarily. <laughs> but they were documenting the fact... Excuse me. They were documenting the fact that if it came down to it, tied points-wise, tied regulation wins, overtime, shootout wins, if those were all tied, it would go to a head-to-head. And at this point in the season, 36 games in, it's entirely possible that the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers, after 82 games, would be tied in points. Going into the season, I don't think people would have thought that the Oilers and Flames would be vying for wildcard spots. I think people, when the season started, were really hopeful that the Oilers would absolutely dominate, be Canada's cup hope. And they were intrigued by how Calgary, after losing two of their stars, were able to bounce back. Well, life is a strange one. <laughs> and here we sit in a wild card spot. Now, I wanted to get a little bit of interaction from you guys in chat here. Uh, a couple of big stories this game. Number one, like I said, Stuart Skinner. 46 saves on 47 shots. 979 save percentage up against Jacob Markstrom, who at this point I believe has dropped six straight against the Oilers, but he was no slouch. He had a 909 tonight, even though that the Oilers only had 22 shots on net. Skinner. What a gem. How many years have I gone as an Oilers fan? Unable to proudly say, hey, this is a starting goaltender that the Oilers drafted and developed and will be here for a while. Some of you uh, who are watching the video feed live will notice that uh, I have a, a, a Talbot jersey hanging. In the beginning, I, I wasn't going to put him up there. Sure, he's with, you know, he's spent some time in both markets, Calgary and Edmonton. Yes, he's part of one of the most memorable moments in the Battle of, Ber of Alberta in recent memory, but there's just been an incredible storyline brewing here in Edmonton in Stuart Skinner. Unfortunately, I don't have a Skinner jersey yet. Maybe if you guys want to bank over me for that one. But just kidding. Uh, Talbot was lights out today for Ottawa. And uh, if you guys had a chance to check out some of our sister shows over on the SDPN Game Over Ottawa, uh, Talbot played amazing. He had faced 91 shots in the last two games. And 
I believe only let in five or so. That's the type of performance that the Oilers needed back then out of him. And that's the performance that the Oilers are getting right now out of Stuart Skinner. Yes, I would love if Jack Campbell was able to put up even numbers just so that we don't have to ride a rookie goalie like Stuart Skinner this hard. But at this point, we got to go with the hot hand. These are games where the Oilers have to win and we don't have the leeway to just give Campbell starts. Now, he is going to get a start in the next couple of games because on the 30th and 31st leading into the new year, we have a back-to-back against Winnipeg and Seattle, if I'm correct. During that back-to-back, Campbell is going to get a game. It's probably not going to be enough to seal at least try and win back that number one spot, but he has to put up a good performance if he's to remain relevant and if the Oilers are to have any amount of success in this season. We need him to be at least average. But it's a tough schedule. Seattle and Winnipeg are both good teams right now in their respective divisions. Who would you play? Chat? This is a live show, so I want to ask you. Campbell, Skinner, first games on the 30th against Seattle, second games on the 31st against Winnipeg. Who are you putting where? Uh, Hater McDater, Skinner for Rookie of the Year. He's making quite a, a ruckus. Uh, honestly, if you asked me right now who is getting sent to the All-Star game from the Pacific Division as a goaltender well logan thompson's going but close behind i think stewart skinner is gonna make a solid run um seattle on friday winnipeg on saturday yes thank you mgd uh prediction from pocket track well that's a new name thank you so much for being here uh, campbell against seattle and skinner against the jets skinner for seattle a little bit of debate here from Bud Brown. I agree with Bud. Skinner is your proven goaltender right now. Seattle is a inter-in-division game. That's a four-point game. If you think about it in that sense, we got to play the hot hand for that one. Um, the other thing is the Jets, I think they're kind of banged up. Don't quote me on that one. I do watch other NHL teams and I follow other markets, but not on a day-to-day. If my memory is correct, the Jets have a little bit of an injury problem. So I think that's where we put Campbell in. He is trying. Campbell has gone on the record, Oilers Twitter. They've shown that Campbell's trying new equipment. He's trying new training methods. The guy's doing everything in his power. But halfway through the season, well, a little less than halfway through the season, those don't come lightly. This isn't the time for experimentation. That's in the offseason. Maybe this offseason he had to move to Edmonton, had a couple of things to take care of. And 
Maybe that's been the case for a couple of Oilers players, because remarkably, after that lengthy playoff run, a couple of Oilers players have not been up to snuff. Maybe they were healing from injuries. Maybe they need a little bit of downtime. But we're here. We're 36 games in. And the Oilers are in a playoff spot. Now to hold and to exceed. Click like for Dennis holding this on his own. Thank you, MGD. We have 24 people watching live right now. Nine likes. How about a little bit more? You know what? I'm going to make it easy for you guys. If you have been listening to the show recently, you'll know that Zach and I like setting these like goals. I'll keep it, keep it a little bit easier on you guys. If we can get up to Darnell Nurse, 25, maybe that'll help me maybe it'll help nurse hey i don't know i don't make the rules but if we can get up there that'd be fantastic uh dark fighter says still missing kane yeah i can't believe it the fact that kane after suffering such a gruesome injury and being out for as long as he has is still pretty high up on the oilers uh points leaders list I don't know why it was that so hard to get that out of that sentence out. But Kane, his presence, is definitely being missed right now. L earlier uh, in this game, Mackenzie Weger had a little bit of a knee-on-knee -knee collision with Connor McDavid. There's some debate on Twitter. Was it intentional? The Oilers didn't get a penalty called, or well, didn't get a power play off of that. Uyghur did lead with the knee, was definitely a knee on knee. Did he stick it out a little bit? Who knows? Connor McDavid, in an effort to get out of the way, jumped. Maybe that's what led to the knee on knee. But regardless of the call, when McDavid is down on the ice, clutching his leg, that's when you need a guy like Kane to come in. Rough a guy up a little bit. Not saying you have to fight. Not saying you have to drop the gloves. Kane doesn't need to do that. All you have to do is get up there. Get in his grill. Hey, Uyghur. You can't do things like that. Okay? If you're going to go after my guy, you're going to get a face wash. You're going to get jostled a little bit. Maybe you get a little shove to the ice. Maybe a cross check. Nothing that would lead to a penalty but you got to do something. When the play went the other way, you saw all the Oilers backtrack. That's something that I did like out of this game. The Oilers were showing a little bit more propensity to backtrack as a unit of five. One guy hanging out at the blue line, waiting for a spring out, but not cheating for offense. This is what led to success last season. And I'm really hoping this positive momentum keeps coming if calgary put up 47 shots and we only held them to one goal that's two things one amazing goaltending and two a little bit more defensively minded play 
Kane is less than a month away from coming back. So pocket track, great point. Those are kind of what's been reported, but there's no official media stance on that. The timeline officially is still February, but people have been saying that late January, mid-January, he's ahead of schedule. Uh, the Neon Knee didn't look intentional from some stranger. Dark Fighter is still a month on Kane. Yep. Um, Holloway is the only oiler with under 10 minutes time on ice. I'd like to see that as well. Dylan Holloway has actually been playing incredible as of late. I think partly that maybe has to do with McLeod coming back. And secondly, with Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan, I think, has been pretty good in the last stretch. Um, sure, he's not going to be the guy who's scoring a ton of goals. Sure, he might not make a contribution on the box scores every night. But just the way that he's been playing, he's been skating well, he's on the penalty kill, and even off the ice, he's doing the right things, saying the right things during warm-ups, pre-post games. Derek Ryan is a vet on this team. Now, sometimes you could say fourth-line veterans don't really mean a lot, but these are the character guys in the room, right? He, if Derek Ryan is able to support young stars like Dylan Holloway, like Ryan McLeod, give them a little bit of leeway so that they can make some mistakes that's all we need out of a guy like that. Uh, MGD, does anyone miss Devin Shore? Look, I know in oil country, Devin Shore is supposed to be a guy that's just bringing energy to the room. He's a likable guy. People in that locker room trust him, want him around. That's fine. But I think if you're a fourth-line professional like Shore, you're okay with getting scratched. And this team is playing a little bit better without him. Now, Devin Shore, I think, as a character guy, has shown that he doesn't really care. Uh, when he was off on waivers uh, and passed, was able to go down to the AHL, he proudly exclaimed, Nobody wants me! That's the right type of attitude. That is a guy that you kind of want to keep on the team. But there are better players right now. That's, that's okay. As a professional, you got to live with that. Another person who's been handling that really well right now, James Hamblin. Hamblin's still up with the team right now. Obviously, he's not getting any games because we have McLeod back. We have Fogel back. A little bit more on Fogel later that, but at the same time i think james hamblin has been handling this extremely well and it's great to keep guys around like that it not only gives woodcroft options it also allows james hamblin to kind of stick around the major club see what other players are doing how they get ready and it's just a great story for oilers for the oilers right um can't keep allowing 40 plus shots says bud brown absolutely absolutely big w says jack edginton <laughs> big w uh 
there's a little bit of luck involved, sure. Uh, we could get into advanced stats, we could get into PDO, we can get into all of those luck-based stats. But in the end, I think Zach Hyman put it great. You know, we can talk, but the eye test still holds pretty strong. If you drop a game like they did against Vancouver, doesn't matter what the stats say. You gotta get it done. Uh, click like, people. We're going for 25. We are at 16 likes right now. Hey, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, if you got friends in the other room, smack your roommate. Barge in there. Tell them, hey, go to this stream. Click like. You can leave if you don't want to. Watch it afterwards. But hey, do this for me, man. I'm going to do the dishes if you do that. Hey, no, I'm, okay, just kidding. You, you don't have to do that for me. I'd love if you did. But if you, uh, if you were, would be able to spread it to your friends, get some likes out there, that'd be fantastic. Um, just trading shots. Oh, yes. Uh, this is in regards to the shots from the outside. Yeah, Calgary did have a lot of shots on net, but I don't think a lot of them were low danger outside shots calgary had the propensity to drive the net they were crashing into stewart skinner's crease quite often um lots of dangerous slot shots but tonight Stu's rebound controls were fantastic he held on to the puck when he needed to no big gaffes in terms of playing the puck if you're a steve dangle watcher you'll know the phrase but at the same time, the modern NHL requires goaltenders to do a little bit more. If it's Campbell, I'd maybe say, hey, stick in the net. <laughs> we, we don't need you out there playing pucks, rimming pucks around. Just keep your confidence, stay in the net. But with Stuart Skinner, that's fine. I have full faith in the guy uh some luck with posts yes especially tyler Toffoli uh, near the end of the game the um the big six on five when they pulled the empty net stewart skinner had to come up big sometimes the post came up big twice in tonight's game but this is a win we'll focus on the fact that it wasn't the prettiest game the oilers they weren't as good as the Calgary Flames tonight. But we walk away with two points. Calgary walks away with zero. Uh, Yamamoto was putting in serious work tonight. Didn't get much love from the announcers. Uh, Kanoa Soul, thank you very much for being here. That's a new name. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think Yamamoto, uh, Dreisaitl, and Fogel. That line was very active tonight. Probably the Oilers' best line even though didn't really score they were bringing the bodies they were active on the puck i think fogel has been a fantastic story for the oilers does he live up to his cap hit maybe not but he's been a fantastic stopgap in the absence of kane and yamamoto after having a kind of rough year Last season, he's really brought it after coming back from his injury earlier in this season. Uh, this team has the offense to dominate, but want to see consistency. Good point, Bud Brown. There 
there's always something to complain about, right? With Connor McDavid in his uh, last presser, he mentioned that, hey, it seems like we have, you know, one problem, we plug it. It's like almost like whack-a-mole is what he said. We, we fix one problem and another one springs up. We fix one problem and another one springs up. That's kind of life. It's not just the NHL. That's, that's life. Things happen. Sometimes you have a fantastic streak. You go to work every day and you're feeling good. And sometimes you walk out onto the street. Your car's mirror has been banged up. You try and dust it off. You found that you had a rock chip in your windshield and started to crack. You go to your favorite coffee shop, find out that they're closed because they had a water main break. Life is like that. Good teams find ways to win games. Now, does it, does it instill confidence in the fact that Holland hasn't done anything to bolster the defense, something that the Oilers media and Oilers fans have said is their biggest weakness right now. Tough to say. Holland is known for being a patient GM, sometimes too patient. <laughs> but that might be a vote of confidence as well. If you know that nothing is coming, there is no hot fix, you got to get it done in the room. Good players will, hey, step up. Next man up mentality. Injuries come. People have to fill slots. It's a good opportunity for your players. And it's a good mentality for life. Uh, when do we expect slash hope a trade from Holland? But I would expect Holland to maybe hold off. We do have a trade deadline somewhere in March. I want to say March 3rd, but... That's just me pulling a number. <laughs> uh, I expect definitely closer to the trade deadline. S Holland probably has a couple things he wants to see. First, which teams are going to drop out of you know playoff compatibility? Um, I think I made that word up. <laughs> if players are suddenly made available and you've already traded for a guy, well... You missed out on that opportunity, right? The concerning thing is that the longer you wait, the people who you already have scouted and the people that you already know might get snapped up, might not have access to a Jacob Chitrin, might not have access to a Gavrikov, right? It's a gamble. We know Holland is a patient man. We're hoping. Uh, MGD says March 3rd. Thank you. Hey. Sometimes a broken clock is right is right twice a day, right? Um, November's over. The Oilers shaved the mustaches off. You should too. Hey, BR Harvey, don't worry. This isn't sticking. I kept it on because I tried to emulate my uh, frequent co-host Zach Wheel, but uh, I don't. I don't got the genes. Uh, I don't. I don't got that magnificent. Uh, magnificent do as well as a, a magnificent uh, stash. But Zach will be back soon. Avery will be back soon. You guys won't have to deal with me for too, too much longer. Um, let's look at the likes. We got 19 likes, 35 watching. If we could 
pump those numbers up that'd be amazing um let's talk about one of the key defining moments in this game and that was calgary's player manjapani takes a really bad holding call on darnell nurse now darnell nurse he was better tonight i don't think he played amazing but he was what the oilers needed just a stable presence um manjapani just reaches in holds nurse's arm very routine sort of play i don't know why he did it but i'm thankful for it because that's when mcdavid after being relatively quiet in the first two periods just went absolutely super saiyan receives a pass has all the time in the world picks the post snipe posting in jacob Mark markstrom he's he's got to be seeing Connor mcdavid in his nightmares he's got to be circling the dates when the oilers come to town and thinking put vladar in i can't i can't handle it against this man no more um i during the second intermission wrote down man mcdavid has to be absolutely furious he's been roughed up all game his point streak is at 15 games you don't want to see it end there and boy did he not disappoint now Connor McDavid is at a 16 game point streak. He has 31 goals in 36 games. Superhuman levels of production. Uh, I believe on the broadcast, he's on pace for well over 100 points 120, 130, something like that. He's at an amazing level. And that's what you need from your superstars, right? You had. Barry chipping in for a goal. It's a hundredth goal of his career. Just a nice slapper that eludes Markstrom. Maybe a little bit of a screen job from his defenseman. I, I don't know who it was. Might have been Uyghur as well. But when you have superstar players like Connor McDavid, like Leon Dreisaitl, they can always take things up to another level. When you see that they're not having a good game, that's when you know they're motivated. They're driven. If you were on Twitter, Oilers Twitter, during the first period, first intermission, you might have seen that uh, a lot of people were spreading an image of Connor McDavid. Bit of a mean mug. Bit of a grimace. That's when you know that the opposition team is in trouble. And Leon Dreisaitl said it best last season against the rangers when they're down the oilers have the confidence to say hey hold on it's coming we're coming back and this is a game where that happened uh can we get 35 watching can we get to 25 likes we are so close you guys we're at 24 likes some stranger asks, Team Canada, are they playing tomorrow? Uh, I believe they are. I do have relatively rare jersey. For the audio listeners, again, sorry about this. It's another visual segment. Some of you 
might be looking at this green Team Canada jersey and wondering, what the heck? What is that? Now, I don't know why they did a green jersey. I believe it was when they were in Saskatchewan for the World Juniors. So it might have been for a Rough Riders sort of like, hey, here's a little nod. Here's a little homage. The green Team Canada jersey was caught me by surprise when I was, I think I must have been like 13, 14 at that time. When I saw that jersey, I went, that's so ugly. I'm going to buy one. I don't know if I fit in it anymore. To be honest, put on a little bit of pounds. And hopefully you guys had a good Christmas as well. Hopefully you had a good holiday season. Maybe ate a little bit too much. Got a little bit rounder around the tummy as well. Hey, we've hit 27 likes. Hearts out to you guys. Hearts out to the chat. Hearts out to the live audience. If you are listening to the audio version, I'd love to have you on sometimes. Avery and Zach, my fellow co-hosts on Game Over Edmonton, they'd love to have you on sometime. But I think we've hit about 35 minutes or so. So I'm going to start wrapping it up tonight. Um, I, I do want to read this one. Pocket Track says Markstrom has experienced lots of trauma from the playoffs last year. Hasn't been the same since. Oilers might have done a little bit of psychological damage to Markstrom. Yes, he has been getting better in the last little bit, but it's hard to bounce back from trauma like that. Um, we need to win the last two games of this month to get above 500 for the month, MGD. I have faith. Two games, Seattle, Winnipeg. Like I said, these are big contending teams, and the Oilers seem to show up for games like that. The Oilers tend to show up against Dallas, the number one team in the Central. It's when they have opponents like Vancouver. It's when they have opponents like Anaheim. I'm so glad they didn't drop the game to Arizona. I would have been fur I might have quit this show <laughs> if we dropped that game against Arizona. But this is the type of team the Oilers are. If you if you're at alert for cardiac arrest, maybe don't watch Oilers games live. Catch recaps, something like that. Uh, I will end tonight's show with Bud Brown's comment. You and Zach are the best combination. Hey, thank you so much for that. Thank you for broadcasting, says Kanoa Soul. Hearts out. MGD, don't quit, Dennis. We love having you here. I'm here, MGD. Don't worry. If the decade of darkness didn't stop me from being an Oilers fan, you know that anything they throw at me this season, I'll be here. Now, wrapping up the show, uh, we do have 14 of the next, sorry, the next 14 games that takes us uh, in well into January. Those are all against Pacific Division teams. We play Seattle three times. We have eight Pacific Division teams coming up uh, in the schedule, especially a big four-game road trip across California and Nevada. Those are much must-win games, and um, the next game, you could arguably say that as well. Friday, December 30th against Seattle is your next game. Avery will be hosting that show. He ain't going to be alone. He's got special guest Mike Fail 
protect your ears for the next one because you might hear some horrendous food takes from Avery. Um, the puck drop is at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's it for me tonight. Next up on the SDPN Network, Sam Chang over on Game Over Vancouver has the recap against San Jose. I will send you all over there if you are in chat. Uh, prepare yourselves. I'm going to send you a link. But that's it for me tonight. Play La Bamba, baby. Bye-bye.